special guest minister who really ministered um, uh, just the simplicity, but the depth of the word that uh, Pastor Errol shared with us. And we have him here today with us again. And uh, I just want to acknowledge him. Um, Pastor Errol um, Fontaine has been in ministry for over 30 years. Um, he's been in the Lord for about 39 years. Is that, am I right? Yeah, 39 years. Yes, he's a, he's a young man who turns 60 next year, <laughs> um, and he's a great man, he's a humble man, uh, a real father in the faith. Um, he hosted me when I was in South Africa, um, and really took care of me, uh, spent a lot of time when we got to know each other. He's been to this church before many, many years ago, so most of you would not recognize him. I want him to come now, and I want us to stand. Can we stand, please? And let's welcome him as he comes and takes his liberty. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. Well, good morning, family. While we remain standing before our Father, let us just bow our hearts in prayer. Father, we thank you for moments and days in your presence. Lord, these are moments where our spirits capture, Lord, the very heartbeats of our Father. And this morning we stand in great humility in front of your people in you. And we ask for access. We ask for liberty to speak. And we want to thank you, Father, for the grace that we have received to be called into your kingdom to be called the sons of God. And so this morning as we speak, I pray that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened, that we by the word of the Lord may know what is the hope of our calling and what is the riches of his inheritance in us. We ask this morning, Father God, that every person, every son, every daughter may understand your word Lord, and that which we don't understand, Father God, that the Spirit will explain to us personally how, Lord, it will help to develop us into maturity. I pray for this house, Christian Life Fellowship, Pastor Joseph and Aisha, and the children, the leaders of this house, those whom we have called next to him, Lord to be a people, first fruit kind, kind of company that would advance my Father in the earth and build your name so that many may come to the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask for mercy and for grace this morning. We ask for a hearing ear, Lord, and a spirit to speak in the, a liberty to speak in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your people that have come this morning, that became obedient to your word, Lord. So many times we, we just can't make it to some meetings, but Lord, by your grace, we are here this morning. And we know that you will speak to us as a father, in Jesus' name. Everybody present, say amen. amen. Well, you may be seated, family. I want to thank the Lord for Pastor Joseph. Um, I ca came to this church many years ago, 
and um, pastor wasn't here on that night. I came with my friend, Edward Adiagbo, and um, a few years ago, well, uh, two years ago, towards the end of um, 2013, 2014, October, Pastor Joseph came to South Africa and um, God began to um, work on that relationship um, since we are a part of the body of Christ and, and God has set us in this body and how we need to um, be careful uh, as to keep on building because he is the father and uh, the one who administrates and lead by his spirit in how he will build this church. And so we want to thank the Lord for this wonderful relationship. And thank you so much for how I've been treated so far. You guys are excellent. Um, from the time I, I arrived at Heathrow, uh, the family take, took, take, uh, took good care of me, and I want to thank the Lord for that. Family, I would like to speak this morning on a very, very... Uh, and a subject that is so close to my heart. And uh, Pastor Joseph asked me to share some insights uh, on some of these things. Um, I spoke on Friday night and also last night on the principle of sonship or the principle of, of, the, the, of the father and the son. This is a wineskin, um, and Jesus explained this in Luke chapter 5. Whenever a new season is announced, one of the first things or the message in that season, right at the offset of that season, would be to repent. This was John's message. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, Jesus' message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And sometimes we can be in a, in a mode in some kind of a way that we live our lives, that everything becomes very, very normal to us. And so uh, sometimes we don't even realize that change has come. So God will release new frequencies, new speakings, new words, new songs, so as to move us away from former understandings. And Jesus said something very interesting in Luke chapter 5. He said um, concerning the season that he announced. At that, in his day, there were some, some men in the earth. They were supposed to be the builders. Jesus said, or Peter said, the stone which the builders have rejected have become the chief cornerstone. And so one of the things that they should have recognized was amongst us there is a chief cornerstone. And sometimes, you know, we build without uh, realizing that that which is necessary, uh, we leave the things that is necessary in the backyard and don't build with those things. And Jesus was that kind of stone. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus said something very interesting. He said concerning this new day, nobody takes an a new garment and puts it on an old garment in the place where it has been torn. Otherwise, it'll tear further. And so at the, when God releases new things in the earth, 
it is very, very important for us to be able to know how, how to renew our minds, how to refresh ourselves in the way that we think. Jesus said, uh, no one after having tasted the new wine immediately says it is better. The reason for that is because our pellets have, been, have, been, have become so accustomed to the old wine. Old wine being that word that we are used to. New wine, new revelation, new speakings of God. And God says, no one immediately says the new wine is better. So sometimes we battle when God speaks. And maybe it's not our pastor speaking because when pastor speaks, everybody says, amen, yeah, thank you, pastor. So when somebody else comes, you check out his shoes, you check out his suit, is he fat, is he lean, uh, he says it's almost 60 years old, how? All these kind of things. And, and it's new wine. And, 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 and when God speaks, and so Jesus said there's, there's a caution in that because your palate has become so accustomed to what you are known to that you will not immediately, so some of you might not receive this morning, or might be very cautious when I speak in the way that you, but I'm your brother, I'm your family, um, I love the Lord, and so God might speak differently through me, you might say I have an accent, I also think you have accents, uh, uh, so we all have accents, you know, the first time I was so, uh, I was so, um, we were so happy the first time when, uh, you know, when we began to travel and we were telling everybody we're going overseas until I heard the Americans say they're they coming overseas. I thought it's just us going overseas, <laughs> but they also were coming overseas. They were also going overseas. So, so we have the same kind of experiences um, and it's just seen in different perspectives. So this morning, family, I would like us to to speak about some of the things that I believe God is saying in these days, and Pastor and myself, we're dialoguing about all these things, even as friends will sit late into the night or early in the morning having breakfast and discussing these things. And so, um, Jesus said something very interesting. This is the, I would like you to go there, Matthew 13, Matthew 13, uh, verse 33. Matthew 13, Verse 33, this is one of the shortest parables. The word parable is an interesting word in the, in the Greek. It's the word parabole. Parabole, meaning that it's a stone that he will throw right close to you to get your attention. So a parabole is when God throws a stone close to you to get your attention because we normally... Don't look at these, these things. It's like the sister who spoke just earlier on. Um, sometimes God will give you a little track like that. It is so, uh, there's so much life there, but because you have a habit of putting just things, putting in your bag, yeah, so parables are like those kind of things. So God, will, God tells us stories and will release in, through dark sayings and psalms and hymns and dark sayings. So Jesus said, Another parable, Matthew 13, verse 33. Another parable he spoke to them. So this is part of our journey, family. This is part of our journey, um, how you come into mature sonship. There are certain 
meals or certain food that you eat on this journey as a Christian. And the word Christian is not a bad word, because, but it's not really what God calls us. God don't call us Christians. Um, it was the people at Antioch who called us Christians. God never calls us Christians. God calls us sons. Um, God will ne never call you a Christian. The people at Antioch, the reason why they, they said they were Christians is because these brothers acted like Jesus, and so they said they are little anointed ones, little Christ ones, Christians. But no, God will never call you a Christian. He calls you son. And uh, the, the, the term son is genderless. Let me say this from the off on offset. The term son, or the, uh, in Christ there's neither male nor female. So when I speak about sonship this morning, sisters, uh, set your, your dial on, you know, we hear what he's saying. I'm not speaking about the male. I'm speaking about John 1 verse 12. But to as many that, he, that has received him, to them he gave the power to be called the sons of God. And sometimes certain terms can be very difficult to understand. If somebody's mind has not been renewed, uh, I, one time I, I, I told somebody, and it was so strange because I introduced my mother to him, uh, this brother, and uh, coming, into this, um, coming into these teachings, uh, I forgot, you know, that I was dealing with uh, some, some skeptic person. So coming into these teachings, I introduced my mother to him, and I said, oh yeah, this is one of my sons in our church. And then he said, I thought she was your mother. I said, oh, yes, I said, yes, she's my mother, but she's a son. She's my son. <laughs> the things of God so many times are very paradoxical. You know, when God's, you know, it's almost like reverse. If you, if you, you need to be exalted or glorified, God, the first thing that God will do is to, is to you have to be humbled. Amen. And so look at this parable because this is part of our journey into sonship. Jesus said, another parable he spoke to them, verse 33. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Um, heaven, leaven is uh, some impurities, uh, doctrines that needs, to be, that needs to be worked out in this journey. As we come into this Christian family or this godly family, there are many things we pick up on the way that blesses you at a certain time in your journey, but God will unleaven you on the journey. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. You know, you're still thinking that you're reading the parable and it's finished. One of the, this is the shortest parable, but it is so powerful. I'm not sure whether Jesus was watching uh, uh, Mary, um, uh, his mother, baking some cake one day, and he says, ah, I must have said, oh, I, this, is, this is my father's kingdom, just watching her, making this meal. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like, is like leaven, which a woman take in her skirt and, and measured it in three meals. Now, because this is our journey, this is the meals that you eat on this journey until it is all leavened, until you come to a place where you, like Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, for unto us, each of us, 
uh, all uh, have received grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So every one of us sitting here this morning have received a certain measure of grace according to the gift of Christ and the giftings of Christ is that of the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. So when the Lord left the earth, he left himself in the earth by through these different giftings. And so Jesus said, this is the journey of a son of God. This is a journey of a man coming into maturity. He says, it is like a woman who goes on a, on a journey having these three measures of meal. Now, Hebrew people, you see, some of things are not discussed in detail in the New Testament because God or the Holy Spirit assumes you have read the Old Testament. So there's a lot of things about finances that God will never discuss. There's a lot of things about the fees that God will not discuss in the New Testament because this has been discussed in detail. So the Spirit of God assumes you have read the Old Testament. So when we speak of these three meals that this woman is, is preparing on this journey until it is all leavened, speaks about different feasts in your journey. And these are different stages in your growth coming from from that of being a child in the Lord where everything excites you and then you're coming into young adulthood where uh, you want the power of God. John would later say, I write to your children because your, your sins are forgiven and he's dealing with that because children are very sin conscious. Uh, they are at altar calls all the time uh, because they're very sin conscious. I, then he says, I write to your children because your sins are forgiven. And then he says, I write to your young men because you've, you've overcome the wicked one. Young men wants to cast out devils. They want crusades. Uh, they want um, power people to fall because he's a young man in the spirit. And then he says, I write to your fathers because you have known the father. Fathers are not very much concerned about devils and demons because they have been unleavened on the way. And they, have, they are partaking of. Now, when you hear anything in the scriptures where it speaks, when, when Jesus will never say like four things. He'll only say three things because this is a principle. He will, he will only say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He won't, won't add a fourth thing, even though there is a fourth thing because he stays true to principle. And when you deal with three things, these are principles of, of more excellent things. Father, Son, Spirit, Spirit, Soul, Body, Tabernacle, Outer Court, Holy Place, most, most Holy Place, Time, Past, Present, Future, Finances, First Root Tithes, Offerings, Church have, have left of the most important offering. We functioned on tithes and offerings, we've left out the most important offering, a first fruit, because first fruit deals with a seed that you plant for the future. You, we pay tithes, but tithes is... is is we pay tithes at the end of the month. So your tithe secures your past. We pay offerings when we come to church every week, so your offering secures your present. But we broke every time, of, you know the 20th of the month, everybody's broke around the 20th. Because why? We have neglected a very powerful principle, first fruits. A first fruit is equal to a a one-week salary that you give your pastor at the beginning of the year. Out of your 52 weeks in the month, you must give your, your priest a first fruit offering. That will secure, uh, it's almost like a blessing on, 
on the rest of your year. Jesus is our first fruit. And how do you know that the first fruit, how do you know that, how do you know when the harvest is ripe? When the fruit on the tree equals the seed in the ground. So when we speak about the time that we are in, we cannot say that we are sons of God if we live like this and he, he is this over here. So on this journey, and so this journey, there's three meals on this journey. The first meal is, is, is Passover. The second meal is Pentecost. And the third meal is Tabernacles. So when you come into your Tabernacles, this is when you speak. The counsel of the Lord just flows from your heart. Your enemies love to be your enemy because you're such a powerful brother. Your enemies are at peace with you. They say you are the best enemy. You are the best uh, uh, whatever uh, assignment God gives unto you because of where, who you are. And so first fruits has a particular kind of meal and it's barley bread. I mean, Passover. Pentecost has another kind of meal and it is wheat bread. Tabernacles has a very powerful kind of meal. This is when you come into your maturity as a son and it is wine and oil. You'll find the angel in Revelation chapter 16 comes out, uh, I think it's the third or the fourth angel, and, he's, and, he's, and he cries at the top of his heart. He says, uh, um, three, uh, three, three uh, bowls of, of barley for a denarius uh, and one bowl of uh, 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 wheat for a denarius, but don't, don't harm the, the oil and the wine. And so there are some things that God says and you'll see that Jesus could not make a miracle from wheat bread. He could only make a miracle from barley bread. Because barley bread is for the messes. That's why you'll find where, where the messes is, there's, a, there's barley bread there. But then you'll get a word where God begins to speak from the wheat bread. And then God begins to speak from the oil and the wine. So this is part of our journey into becoming sons. So Jesus saw his mother, must have seen his mother baking some cake. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's three measures of meal. You know, whatever God does in a more excellent way is always three. Time, past, present, future. The law, the prophets, grace. Whatever God does is he does in a more excellent way. He only calls three brothers close to him, not four brothers, Peter, James, and John. Everything that God does is always in threes because the, the word threefold is a more excellent thing. It's a three-string three instrument. So God, Jesus will, all, will only say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He won't say anything else. But let us go to another portion of scripture because I want to share some things with you this morning. This journey that we are on is to cleanse us and rid us from leaven. When we speak on sonship, as I've said, sonship is genderless. So this morning, we, don't, we, we do not speak to brothers only, but it is genderless. And the son, the son expresses the very, the very heart of the father. That's why God has no problem of giving you an assignment because he has already given you the document. All that you need to do is line yourself up with the document because Jesus, the Hebrews 1 says that the, 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 the son 
is the, is the express image or he is the exact representation of the Father. So in Son, the Father is immortalized. Amen. Philip would ask a question. So when are we going to see the Father? He says, Philip, how long have I been with you? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So the Son is the face of the Father. I mean, we don't see God. We've seen Jesus, but we don't see God because fathers are invisible. Fathers train their sons all the time, and the sons go and do the work of the one who has sent him. Amen? So the son lives for his father. He hears from his father. He comes out of the father. You know, family, the issue of unity is a very strange issue for God. It's a very strange issue. You know, Jesus would say, Father, even as we are one, make them one. When a father calls his children together and he says to his children, family, we must have unity in this house. There's something wrong with it. Because the, the issue of unity is not, a, is not a Christian issue. But when you study the scriptures, it's the issue of oneness. When your father calls you and your father says we must have unity, there's something wrong because he might not be your father. But if, because if you're one with your father, you come out of him. You don't need to unite yourself with your father. Jesus said, myself and my father, we are one. And so when you find sometimes in the scripture, you'll find the word unity like in Ephesians 4 verse 7. But you go and check out the Greek word. It's the word oneness. Oneness means we have the same spirit. That's why God gave us the same Holy Spirit. Because we are one with him. And so Father, family, we need to understand that the mindset, the word, the, the, the spirit, the behavior is to, is to bring glory to the Father. I am not here to bring a word so as to bring, to lift up the name of Errol Fatain. I am here to represent the Father in the presence of my brothers because we speak, uh, this is what it's all about, family. And I, I tell you, sonship, it takes away competition. It takes away fear because I don't need to perform. I don't need to impress because we come and we represent the Father. You know, family, the issue of of um, God said unto Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my firstborn son go. In sonship there's redemption. John 8.32, he who the son sets free is free indeed. I tell you family, the moment you begin to understand sonship, he will have no problem with your wife, no problem with your children, no problem with your boss because I'm a son. Son is the highest calling in the body of Christ. There is no higher calling than to be called a son of God. Other things God has set, but to be called a son is a very, very powerful calling. So God told Moses, uh, um, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So Moses said, oh, so when he asked me, who sent me? What, what, what must I say, who sent me? God said, tell him, I am sent you. I mean, can you imagine your name is I am? But it's a very powerful name. I am, it sounds like a, a blank check. I am helper, I am brother, I am father, I am. God can be anything to you what you want him to be. 
But the word I am is a very powerful Hebrew word, hoya, meaning when Pharaoh asks you, who sent you? Then you tell him, Hoya sent me. What does Hoya mean? Hoya means I become what I become when I become. I become what I become when I become. Which means don't present yourself as Pastor Errol Fortain. If I want you to be driver, if I want you to be counselor, if I want you to be prophetic, I will become, when you understand sonship, is how God becomes in you at the moment when frequency is released or the moment a thrust is released by the Spirit and God will become what He wants to become when He becomes. So whether you are a bus driver, whether you work at the hospital, whether you work, God will become in you. And no one gets a greater glory as the one who allows the Spirit and the Father to come through Him. And this comes at a place called Jordan, uh, the place of descent. Jordan means to descend. When you get to a place of humility, where you dispossess yourself from who you are. Because sometimes uh, we really want to define ourselves by culture. And so you're denying yourself from a very powerful posture of a very powerful position in sonship. Because the moment I say I'm colored, or the moment I say I'm black, I'm white, what you're really saying is uh, there's a, you classify yourself because in Christ there's neither male nor female, there's no Jew, there's no Greek. So you become what he wants you to become when he wants to come through you. And so this is the design of the Father. So wherever I place you, I want to come through you in that way. It's a very powerful thing. And so family, this whole issue of sonship is very powerful. In sonship there is liberty and immunity. You know family, um, I've seen this in, 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 in our church. We used to have a lot of struggles amongst the, the powerful brothers. You know, there's some powerful brothers in churches. You know, and sometimes there's tensions within leadership because, but the moment we understand I'm a son, just as he is a son, you know, family, it, it cancels out all these things that the enemy wants to do and divide churches. So sonship is a very powerful thing. The church is built on the revelation of sonship. Matthew 16, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And you know, you know, family, this is a very powerful pillar. I want you to look at, uh, uh, and because of time, I'll just paraphrase some of it. Jacob has a dream. He's very tired running from his brother Esau, and so he just sleeps on a stone. I mean, you must be very tired. You must be very tired running away from your brother. You're so tired that you lay your head down on a stone. But all of these things are very powerful because this stone is a pillar. And he has this dream how angels ascending and descending. This is a very powerful dream. This is one of the clearest pictures of the church in the Old Testament. Because later on he would say, this is nothing. I did not know that this place is so awesome. I did not know that this is nothing but Bethel. This is nothing but the house of God. You know, family, the church is the only legitimate place 
in which angels ascend and descend in the earth. He said, this is nothing but the gate of heaven. And so family, when God has called you into a family, something so powerful as the family of God, you need to understand that this is the place where God lives. God lives and moves in you. It's such a power, because you have this picture, it's something that comes from the earth. It, it, it is this portal into the heavenlies. Angels ascend and descend upon the, remember what he told uh, uh, Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel, from, uh, from now on you'll see angels ascending and descending. Some powerful things happening because you have become that access into the heavens. And once you understand this issue of that I am a son of God, you are in no competition, you are in no fear of nothing, but God has called you by the name of his father. You know, family, the issue of the name of the father, I, I, you know, when you want to understand anything, just, just study Jesus. You know, God has very powerful names, very powerful names. But you know, when you study Jesus, Jesus only has one name for him. Jesus don't call him Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tzidkenu, El Shaddai. Jesus only calls him Father. You know, the names of Jireh and El Shaddai is for needy people. Because in heaven, they don't call God Jehovah Jireh. They don't call him Jehovah Nisi. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those names. Those names were, was given to us. It was revelations because of our need. But when you come into sonship, the Bible says there's 144,000 people standing before him and they have the name of the father on the foreheads. You know, family, once you begin to understand as father, as a son, you understand, I have a father. All my need is met in him. I don't need to uh, be, be so, be so uh, 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 technical about uh, what name I must now be. I feel a cough coming. Now I say, Jehovah Rapha. No, no, Father. This is a very powerful, when you come to this place of understanding that you are son. Because family, the name Jehovah is not mentioned in heaven. Because nobody is sick in heaven. Nobody needs groceries in heaven. They only call him Father. And Jesus is the pattern son. So whatever he says, this is the way. And I tell you, family, God wants us to know him as our father. In father is protection. In father is, is provision. In father is comfort. In father is counsel. When you come to him and see him as your father, it's a very, very powerful place. You know, there's, a, there's, there's some deception that comes to those who don't build right. Jesus tells a very powerful story. He says, uh, be careful, Matthew chapter 7, because of time. He says, be careful to not judge the, the plank in your brother's eye, um, uh, the, the splinter in your brother's eye, and, and, and not being uh, cognizant of the plank in your eye. Then he, and then he's in the same, in the same uh, writing, he says, um, um, Broad is the, is the gate that leads to destruction, and narrow is, uh, few finds a narrow one. Then he goes into another, because this is how people build sun. This is how they believe. And then he says, uh, uh, for many will come in their day, and they will say, Father, we have prophesied in your name. 
We have cast out devils in your name. And then he will say to them, go away for I never knew you. And then he tells what he really was after. He says, he tells the story of two houses being built. What, but what he's really saying, if you study the trend of what he was saying is, there are people who build their houses on giftings. They build their houses on uh, uh, powerful uh, uh, administrations, powerful. And then he says, um, uh, tells a story about this house being built. And we see that in the, in the, in the, in the uh, presently in, in the earth. Many houses are falling that's not being built. I tell family, there's all kind of cosmic uh, uh, interferences. Uh, it's almost like creation has come against us. Romans chapter 8. Creation is standing tiptoe for the revelation of the sons of God. Everything in creation is now looking. In fact, it says that creation is, it's almost like creation is sticking out its neck. It's like, remember the father in Luke chapter 15? Um, that's why when, when he comes back, this prodigal son, what he would do is he would, he would come before his father and he would say things like, and he would bow and he would stick out his neck and he would say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against earth. And then he tells all these stories. And then the father would give him the fatted calf. You know, I mean, can you imagine the other brothers over here? They've been, uh, you know, that's my calf because I'm getting married in a few weeks' time and, and now Teddy's taking my calf. And giving it, this brother is coming into sonship. He's coming into the position of firstborn. This was the youngest brother. He has left, the, but when he comes to, to understanding who father is, he said, I will go back to my father's house. And family, this is that position of humility where you, you, you see your father for who father is. You don't come to father as if he's father Christmas. You don't come to daddy as, you know, that my, 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 my wallet is empty now. I, I must go on a three-day fast. No, 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 no. He's father. So whether I don't have money, whether I don't have whatever, he's my father. And so you'll come into a position of, of sonship or the firstborn son. Because it was John who would later say, just as he is, so are we. So if he's firstborn, I'm firstborn. If he's high priest, I'm high priest. As he is, so are we. I tell you, family, this is a powerful thing because once you begin to understand, you will never be rejected. You will never have those feelings of, uh, I'm feeling so rejected today because you don't live by your feelings. I live as a son. You'll never feel demoralized anymore. You'll never feel lonely anymore because uh, I am son of my father. It's a very, very powerful thing because this thing as a man thinketh in his heart so easy. So Jesus said about this house and the wind and the rain and the storms came and destroyed this house because it was built on sand. I tell family, foundation is important. Jesus, the apostle says, said in Ephesians 2 verse 20, how this, this house is built upon the doctrines of the apostles and the prophets of whom Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. And we'll see these things happening in the earth. Many ministries are falling as bankruptcy comes in, as sickness comes in, and, 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 and governments are in trouble. And ministries are falling because their house was not built on the foundation of sonship. Jesus Christ is the son of God. The father loves the son. God can't see further than the son. The furthest God can see is his son. Because that's God's horizon. God can only see as far as Jesus. 
And family, I tell you, we are in him. So, so you are at the center of, David would say this, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. And when David begins to, when, when the Hebrew writer begins to touch these issues, then he would say, to the son, he says, in Hebrews chapter one from verse five, uh, thy throne, O God. And to God, he would say, thy throne is a, and to the son, he would also say, thy throne, O God, is a, is a scepter of righteousness. God calling Jesus son, and then God calls him God, and then God calls him and says, and to you, Lord, now these are powerful dimensions as we come into the understanding of what God wants us to be. Because God wants you to be son and God wants you to be ruler, small g, small God. He wants you to rule and have dominion because this is the original mandate. Let us make men in our image and let them have power and dominion over every bird of the, of the air, every creeping thing. And so this is when you come into your, 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 your position as a son who rules. And you rule with so much love. The, your enemy loves you. The, 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 the neighbor loves you. The bus driver loves you because you, you are so quick to give an answer. And the answer that from your tongue is, 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 is your words are like, 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 like golden apples of setting in settings of silver. Your words are so choice that whenever you speak, and a friend of mine said, Pastor, it seems like you always have the right word because, you know, family, we are in so much, we are in so much in the spirit and hearing what father so you very rarely make a mistake in the words you speak because Jesus said the words that I hear I will not say anything unless I hear my father says it and so then he gets the place and he says and you Lord God calls Jesus son he calls him God and he calls him Lord that word Lord is a very powerful word in the Hebrew it's the word Adon Adon which means oh you who changes atmospheres I mean, can you imagine family without coming, just coming into a room and saying nothing and the atmosphere change? You feel like a Nelson Mandela. You don't need to say anything. You can wear techies, one blue techie, and then one red techie, uh, and then that becomes fashion. Because you change atmospheres. You set a new fashion. Everything that you wear, other people want to wear because you have become adorned. Understanding how things function in the earth. Amen, family. This is the power of sonship. Let me just say this. I don't have much time left. But something very interesting. Lot came out of, uh, of the Chaldees with Abraham. Abraham, Ab, Abraham, father of many nations. Lord could not see Abraham as his father. This is a father. Abraham means father. Just like Ahab means, uh, Ahab means, uh, means my father's brother. And Jezebel is married to a guy called my father's brother, which means Jezebel is married to uncle. Your father's brother is your uncle. I mean, Ahab is the son of Omri. I mean, Omri, when Ahab was born, Ahab, when at the baby dedication, they said, okay, his name is going to be Ahab. 
How can a father call his son my brother? There's issues with that. So family, the issue of father and sonship, the father and the son, it produces if you don't, in fact, let me say this. You have to begin to train your ear and begin to place your heart in such a position that whenever Pastor Joseph speaks, because the reason why you are here is because of the, the frequency of his speaking and God has drawn you here to his ministry. And so what happens is, if you cannot see him as father or just see him as a great preacher or as a man that, uh, of great prayer, family, we have to train ourselves that this is my father. Where he brings manna from heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 23, this is how I will heal desolation. You know, many churches are very, very desolate. Some people in churches, and the other day, um, one of our fathers have had a discussion with um, a Christian psychologist, and he asked, um, he asked her a question, and this Christian psychologist said, you know what, the people that came that I've, we found is the craziest people are church people. They have more problems than worldly people. They can swear, they are angry, they don't pay their accounts, and all of these things. No family, once you understand these things, when you come into sonship, you begin to understand that all of these things, you must behave like the son. And so, um, Lot, Lot has this great man. Abraham is father of the nations. Do you know that Lot saw him as his uncle? Lot saw Abraham as an uncle, not as a father. And you know, once you, once, you, once you start just seeing Pastor Joseph as a brother, you know, that's a fraternal spirit. Fraternals don't have fathers. They give everybody an opportunity because they don't submit to a one person. There must be a one voice. There must be one voice amongst us that God releases the word through. And so, guess what happens? Lord has a family. If you see the one in your life that God has assigned as your father, as your uncle, look at what happened to Lot. He produces daughters. He couldn't get sons. His wife could not bring, because I tell you, if you can't see the father in your life as your father, you will produce daughters. And let me not say in the natural, because I, I think some of you must say, hey, I've got three daughters and one son. Please, we're speaking deep spiritual things. Because sonship is a very powerful thing. Because in son, the genealogy of that family, you can go and read Look at this, look at this. Go to Matthew chapter one. I don't, we don't have much time left. Matthew chapter one. It'll just show you, the first time I saw this, when I knew there was something wrong. Well, not with the scripture. Now I know it was with me. Matthew chapter one, look at this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why does it start like that? The genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Why the son of David? Because to David was promised the throne, and to Abraham was promised the land. As far as your eye can see, your children shall be like the sand of the sea, 
and the stars of the sky, Abraham. That night they took that, 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 that walk on the beach. God gave him that promise. Which means you'll have earth children and you'll have heavenly children. Earth children are the Jews. Heavenly children is us. Those who have come into him by faith. So we are like the stars of the firmament and the, the Jews are the, like the sand of the sea but we are like the stars of the sky. Now God will bring these two kinds of people and God says the genealogy of Jesus Christ is Jesus the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob. You already know there's something wrong because no brother can get children. But it's a spiritual thing. It is father's and it goes right through. It is fathers who gives, who, gives, who gives birth to the purposes of God in the earth. When your fathers speak, when the men of God that he has placed in your life, when your fathers speak, you know, family, the Bible says I, uh, at the throne there was the voice uh, of many waters. Now, in the, in the many waters, there's one principal voice. You can have many teachers. You can go on TBN. And, and, and hear from this brother and some powerful revelations. But there is nothing that when your father speaks, because when your father speaks, there is such a connection because it gives birth to things. And, and you know, when you, when you seek, you don't call those brothers on TV. You, you call your pastor. You call your father. Because that's, that's where God has, God has placed you under this. Listen to this. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. And it goes on like that. Verse 17, very interesting. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. All the generations from Abraham to David, not from Adam, Abraham up, father. From Abraham to David, that's how God counts. God starts with father because it is father that gave birth to you. Amen. Through his seed, you were born. So from all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. 14 plus 14 plus 14 is? 42. Now, when you read verse 12, and they were brought to Babylon, Jeconia begot Sheltiel. So he said from Abraham to David, 14. From David to Babylonian captivity is 14. So that's 28. So starting at Jaconia as number 29, when you end at Jesus, it's only 41. So you ask yourself, man, I found some, some discrepancy in, this, in the scriptures. Because it says 14 plus 14 plus 14. But Abraham to David is 14. David to the captivity is 14. From Jaconia to Jesus is only 41. So what's, what's wrong? There's something missing here. But it is within the question that Isaiah asked, who will declare his generation? There's a generation missing. And this is us. These are the sons of God that God is now using to walk the earth and to be like Jesus in the earth. Your smile must be like Jesus. Your voice must be like Jesus. If the devil thought he had a problem, or he had some kind of victory at Calvary, family, there's, there's big trouble now. Because there is a generation of him who shall declare his generation. Because Jesus never got married, he didn't have children, but there is a generation called the sons of God. And they come from Christ. 
In fact, the Bible calls us Christ. We are the body of Christ. Look at this. 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. This whole thing about sonship and headship. 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 10, Elijah asked Elijah for that mental, that double portion. Verse 10, to verse 10, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it happened as they continued on and, and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father. This is what Jesus would cry, Abba, father. There is a cry in these, these days as God connects you to a father, as God connects you to the one that speaks these deep things and, and opens up the eyes of your understanding to understand who Christ is and who you are in him and how God will work through you. Look at this. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more. My father, my father. This is how God will come into your life. God will come into your life, into your family on the principle of father. My father, my father. This is how God will advance you in the earth. He will advance you on chariots in this grace by the principle of father. When you begin to cry out, my father, my father. And we know the whole story. But let's go to 23. And we see, we know the story how Elijah was taken up into the heavens. Verse 23, then he went up from there to Bethel, to the house of God. And as he was come, going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him. I tell you, family, there is a church in the earth that mocks the principle of father, father. Some youth, this is an undeveloped church. This is an immature church. This is a mocking spirit that, that hates the whole thing because family starts with father. The Bible says some youths came from the city and mocked him and said, go up, you boarded, go up, you boarded. Mocking the principle of headship. Go up, you boarded, go up, you boarded. This is that principle that mocks uh, the whole issue of father. Listen to this family. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them. Remember Malachi chapter 4, the hearts of the fathers must be joined to the sons unless I come, and the sons of the fathers, unless I come and strike the earth with a curse. The word curse is religious means unless I come and obliterate your name unto the point where it is no longer remembered. The surname Fortain will no longer be in the earth if you don't understand this thing. I will obliterate, I will curse. And we have seen the, 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 the depth of the curse in the earth today, in our homes, in our countries. But look at this. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came up out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. There, there are female bears, bears in the earth that mocks the principle of father. There is a feminine move in the earth. And we're not speaking about sisters. Uh, you are sons. If you are in Christ, you are a son. There are moves in the earth that, that mocks uh, the principle of father. That looks for the head. The, the word, uh, when, when, when Lot got these, these uh, when, when Lot uh, uh, um, got these sons, uh, um, or these, these daughters, 
And in that time, there was a brother called Moab. Moab means uh, to, to what father? What father? What principle is this? Moab. Uh, it mocks the principle of father. Here are two female, female bears. And remember when John, John, Jesus said, for those who can take it, John is Elijah. When John began to pronounce the power of who father is, I must increase. And he, you know what happened? His head was on the platter. The principle in these days is headship. Father, father. And I tell you, family, as we submit ourselves, as we yield to the grace that is in Father, we will not be annihilated because unless the Lord builds a city, they labor in vain who build it. There is a powerful church that God is building on the earth, and it is called the sons of God. Hallelujah. I don't have time to, in closing, I don't have time to show you what Peter says about Judas Iscariot. I'm just going to paraphrase. Peter began to speak in Acts chapter 1. And he says, you know what? This brother that walked with us, there was, he was the head of a tribe. You can go and study. And he calls him, um, he says that he was, he had a, an estate. This was a brother that was the head of a tribe. And he says he was part of the apostolos. This brother was a deacon, he was, a, he was a, a, an apostle. He was a bishop. Judas Iscariot, according to Peter, in Acts chapter 1, was from the presbytery. He had an estate. But when he denied the head of the church, what happened to him? He went to this place called Akeldama. Yeah. And he fell headlong. And his entrails burst out. The bread that was eaten last night, just a few hours ago, doctors will tell you that bread was not even absorbed into his system. Bread means grace because grace is taken up in 12 baskets. Remember the five loaves of bread? This is the grace that man of God carries, these 12 apostles. Five loaves of bread, five, the, 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 the number of grace, two fishes, the number of witness, how God will capture all of these things. In these last days, there are apostles and, and, and prophets and pastors and teachers. They are full of grace. And family, as we understand this, we must receive those things and protect what God has given us so that the grace cannot be wasted and so father this morning lift up your holy hands before the lord i want to pray over you father we thank you for your word we thank you for grace we thank you for the sons in this house that every one of them father will grow to such powerful positions as sons of god where they shall no longer be children tossed to and to and fro by any wind of doctrine but they, they, they shall come into, Father God, the very image of the Son. Grow up into his likeness. That wherever they go, Father God, Lord, those who work in powerful corporations, those that work in hospitals, those who work in whatever, Lord, capacity in the, in the city, Lord, that they will come to a place where they rule and they govern. Lord, where they change atmospheres just by their appearance as the Lord would appear in them. Father God, all of this calls for, a, a Lord, a position of denial unless we deny ourselves, unless we take 
take up the cross. And I pray this morning, Father, Lord, for grace to come to this house uh, in a very, very special way that your sons will understand uh, that they represent the Father in the earth. Uh, Lord, that they will love the neighbor, love, oh God, their children. Lord, even love the enemy like Jesus will sit down with them uh, and speak in parables uh, and unlock powerful things from the lies. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone in this house this morning. Lord, even the little girls and the little boys to begin to understand that I have a father. Lord, I don't need to do much and I don't need to sweat. Father will bring things to me as father brought things to Adam, brought the animals that he might, that he might name them, brought the wife. Lord, uh, and Lord, uh, I, pr I ask for these things because father, you want to bring us to a place where you will bring things to us where we need not to labor, Lord, and to battle to get things, but Father will provide. And everybody present say amen. Bless you, pastor.